Thank you so much for tuning in to this message from New Life Church. Stay tuned because what you'll hear this morning is guaranteed to help you know Jesus better. So, uh, hey, so good to have you guys. Merry Christmas. This is Christmas at New Life, and we're just so thrilled that you would, um, that you would come and worship with us, that we, uh, we love um, all that God is doing here at New Life, and we love this season because it, uh, I don't know, it is it's special. <clears throat> and so we've been, we've been walking through this series, and what we've been doing is we've been looking at light. And we've been talking about like what light does, and really specifically in talking about what light does, looking at, at the light that, that God would use to define himself. And, uh, and, and as I started thinking about like light and what light does and thinking about Jesus at Christmas, we have this debate amongst our staff, and if you would have been here at eight, you would have known why, <laughs> but we have this debate amongst our staff, and it's about like w- whether or not we should use f- like fog machines and hazers in the service, okay? And... Uh, and the, the kind of the way that it goes is the cool thing about a hazer or a fog machine is that it, it shows you what the light is doing. Okay, so like I've got this really awesome flashlight here that I found. And if you look at the flashlight, what you see is you see where the light's coming from, right? And then you can see where the light's going on that wall. Everyone's looking at this wall. If there was a cat, it would be following it, trying to go up and down. But this is just, you see the light on the wall. Okay, so what a hazer does, or what a fog machine does, is it shows you the light in between the source and where it goes. And so it's kind of cool, because then you, you, you see what the light is actually doing. And what the light is actually doing is the light is it's cutting through the darkness, and, and it shows you how the light cuts through the darkness. And as you think about Christmas, you think about Jesus Christ coming into the world, he came as light. And as he came as light, part of the purpose of that was that he would come in a way that would cut through the darkness. And we talked a little bit about what that looked like last week. Whereas in his cutting through the darkness, what he does is he, he showers us with grace upon grace upon grace. Really in giving us something that is far better than we could ever give ourselves, he gives us grace. And this morning what I'd like to do is I would like to look at another aspect of how just Jesus continues to cut through the darkness. And I want to look at a text, and I think this text is super interesting and in just in the context for what it is, because it was a text that was written 700 years before that first Christmas morning. And it was written by a prophet, a man named Isaiah. And, and he says this about, about the coming of Christ. And we'll start in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 2. He says it this way. He says, The people who have walked in darkness, who walked in darkness, have seen a great light. And those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them a light has shone. Now, this is an interesting passage of Scripture for many reasons. One is that it is, it's an Old Testament prophecy. And the thing about Old Testament prophecy is that usually two things are happening when, when, a, when a prophet speaks. One, the prophet is speaking to its current context, and he's also speaking future tense. And so as Isaiah is talking to this group of people, the people of Israel— This is a group of people who, if you were to characterize their state of existence, in the moment that Isaiah says what he says in chapter 9, it would be really easy to define it as darkness. And the reason why it'd be very easy to define it as darkness is because this is a group of people who had just been 
overtaken by a nation, the nation of Assyria. And what we know about the people of Assyria is we know they are a vicious, powerful people. And what we know about the people of Israel at this time is that there was nothing that they could do to ever stop the the Assyrians. That they stood no chance. And what Isaiah is saying to them is he's saying, you don't have to walk in darkness forever. He's saying that this circumstance where you look around and you don't see any reason to have hope, someday, someday a light will shine that will bring you hope. Someday someone will walk into the darkness and bring hope to people when their back is against the wall. The gospel writer, Matthew, he actually quotes this this passage in in Matthew chapter 4. And and in quoting this passage, he's not talking about oppression. He's not talking about Assyria, but it's actually, he quotes it at the beginning of Jesus' ministry. And, And he quotes it to say that where Jesus is starting his ministry, he's starting it at a place where there is darkness, a place where there's no, uh, there's no witness of the one true God, a place where there's no hope that Jesus Christ goes into a dark place and brings light. And the reason why that should encourage us this Christmas season is this, is I imagine some of you are in a situation where as you look around, you feel like your back is against the wall. The beauty of Christmas is that Jesus Christ came into this world to give you hope. That he came into this world so that when your back is against the wall, you can trust that inevitably the light will shine. He also gives us hope in a way. Or maybe if you're in this, in this room and you've been, you're struggling with your sin, you're aware of your folly, you're aware of where you fall short, that you can know this Christmas season that Jesus Christ came to bring light into the darkness. That he came to show light to you. As Isaiah moves forward, he shows us more of how the the light shines and how the light works and cuts through the darkness. And he says it this way in verse three, he says, you have multiplied the nation. You have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with the joy of harvest, as they are glad when they divide the spoil. That happening here, you have Isaiah talking to this group of people. Again, the people of Assyria, the people, who, who, the people of Israel who've been overtaken by a nation stronger and more powerful than them. And what he is saying is he's saying, when the light shines, you'll have more than enough. That this is a group of people right now who, as they've been overtaken, they have nothing. That everything that is theirs belongs to someone else. And what Isaiah is pointing them to is he's saying that there is a day that is coming where you will have more than enough. That you might look around and all you see and all you think are all the things that you do not have. And he's saying, no, the day will come where that will not be the case anymore. Now, as you think about this in the gospel, the beauty for this, for us in the New Testament is I would just zero in on that word that you have increased its joy. That Jesus Christ, he walks into the world in such a way so that he can increase our joy, so that he can truly increase our joy. And the way that he does that is he, he does for us 
what we in no way could do for ourselves. And people who have experienced that joy are people who have found that to be true. There's something about a debt being paid, right, that helps you breathe, that helps you sigh a sigh of relief. There's all kinds of stories right now going around, and I think it's this, like the holiday season or whatever, of people going into uh, stores and paying off layaway for people. I found one uh, that last year, there was someone who went into uh, like a, a, a town and paid off $65,000 in, in, in Walmart layaway debt. Now, my first thought was like, <laughs> I was like, man, I feel so bad for the people who bought their kids' gifts at Target, <laughs> right? Like, they're like, man, if I would have just gone to Walmart, like, and you know there's like a spouse fight there where they're like, I told you, Walmart has been, like, you know, whatever. But, but you have like this guy who goes in, and, and as I think about that scenario, though, I, I can't help but think of like the families and how they must have been impacted by the fact that their debt was paid. I mean, I know how life is, and, and I know that, that there always are like, Unexpe- especially when you got kids, there's always like unexpected expenses that pop up, especially like just throughout just living life, right? And I, and I kind of put my, 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 my mind in uh, thinking about those, those parents. And just like, you know, I'm, I imagine there's probably a family there who is the, the deadline to Christmas approach. They were looking at their bill and they were probably aware of the fact there was nothing they were going to be able to do to cover it. Like maybe they had a plan, but then maybe the kid went to the dentist and they had more cat. Like, I don't know. But as they look at Christmas approaching, they think there's no way that I'm going to be able to give my kids Christmas. And then they get a call, probably from some happy Walmart employee to say, hey, I just wanted to let you know your, your layaway debt has been paid for. I just kind of think, what would that have been like on that Christmas morning as they're watching the expression on their kid's face open up gifts? There has to be a sense in the parents, parents, I don't know, in the parents' mind where they think to themselves, man, they did, someone did for me something that I could have in no way done for myself. They paid a debt for me that I was unable to pay. And I just imagine that the gratitude that comes from that is probably incredible for those families. I think about, and when Jesus, when he came into the world, he came to pay a debt for us that there would be no way that we could pay for ourselves. And the people who, who know that are people who experience joy. That's why he comes to give us joy. He, and that's how he gives us joy, because as we look at our lives, we realize that our greatest debt has been paid, that our greatest need has happened, that, that the thing that we needed the most was taken care of us by someone else. And when you truly realize that, as the light cuts through the darkness, what it does is it cuts through the darkness and it gives you joy. And joy is one of those things where joy, we get it mixed up with happiness all the time. Like happiness is something that is totally based on circumstances. Something good happens to you and so you are happy. But what joy does 
is joy is able to look at difficult circumstances and say, even though this isn't what I would have signed up for, even though this isn't what I wanted, I'm okay because I have something stronger sustaining me that as Jesus Christ cuts through the darkness of our life, he offers that. And as he cuts through darkness, he offers us a hope that goes far beyond this life. Look at, look at how he talks about this as, as it moves forward. He says this in verse four. This is for the yoke of his burden and the staff for his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor, you have broken. As on the day of Midian, for every boot trampling for every boot of the tramping, tramping warrior in battle tumult and every garment rolled in blood will be burned as fuel for the fire. Like this is like quintessential Christmas right here, right? Like <laughs> rolling boots in blood and burning it all on fire. Like I want to see that in your nativity. Like that would be a really cool, like, I don't know, something for you to consider. But, but, but what, what he's saying here, what the prophet Isaiah is doing is he's pointing the people to a, to a day where they won't have to, like the things that are oppressing them won't be there anymore. He's saying the yoke of the Assyrians will be broken. It won't, you won't wear it anymore. That the rod that they use to, to subdue you, that I will break it. That the things that, that are making you in subjection to them will no longer be present. I will come and I will end it. And then for us, he points us to a day where we're talking about these things being burned as fuel for the fire. That what he's talking about, he's saying, someone is going to come. And when they come, they're not only going to break the instruments of oppression, but they are going to completely end war as we know it. That there'll be no more reason to fight when he comes. But what I find so interesting even with this text is that word where it talks about the yoke. And he's saying he comes to break the yoke of oppression. And as I think about us, like Jesus doesn't just break the yoke, but he also offers us another one. Look at what it says in Matthew chapter 12. Jesus speaking, he says, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So what Jesus is saying, what this is saying is it's saying, okay, so he breaks the, lo- the yoke of oppression and he offers you another yoke. He came into the world to offer you a way to live for something to live for. I think this is probably where our modern sensibilities like kind of lead us astray. Or we think, why would I want any yoke at all? Why would I want, like, I would rather just be free from everything. Like, why would I want, I, I could just be myself. And I would just say to you that if that's how you feel, like everyone here is carrying a yoke of some sort. It could be the, the yoke of your career or advancement or looking good, Right? Like there's something inside of you that constantly is striving, constantly wanting more. And what do you find with every more thing you get? You find there's further down the road that you haven't gone. 
Every rung of the ladder that you climb, when you finally think you reach the pinnacle, you realize there are more places to climb. Every great thing that you have, you realize that someone else has something that's greater. That as you, as you, you wear the yoke of trying to like look cool and be impressive, and, and what do you find? As hard as you try to curate this image of who you are, there are still people, right, who, who see the truth that you're wearing this yoke. Some of you, maybe that's not the yoke that you carry, but maybe for you, it's the yoke of family. And you're like, what, you're saying I shouldn't love my family? No, I'm saying you should love your family. I'm saying you should love your career, but I am saying that your family is a horrible God. That if all you're living for is your family, if all you're living for is your children, what happens when they move out? Do you have nothing to live for anymore? What happens when you have this expectation and this hope for them and they don't live up to it? That it's a yoke that you carry. For some people, maybe it's not that, that yoke that you carry, but it's the yoke of another cause. That you, you wear the pressure of just trying to meet all these different needs and do all these different things. And it's not bad to want to be a light in the world. I mean, we're, we're taking on a cause this season, the Oasis Refuge. Like, causes are fine, but here's what I'm saying. <clears throat> that if you're living your life just trying to meet all these different needs, and services, here's what you're going to discover. That with everything that you meet, there's still plenty more to do. And that on this side of heaven, there will always be work. And if you just keep working and it's just all about the cause, inevitably you'll be disenfranchised. What Jesus is saying is he's saying, you're going to wear a yoke. You might as well wear mine. He's saying, you're going you're gonna to live for something you might as well live for me. That you're going to put your hope somewhere. Why not put it in me where I can deliver? That this is why he came. And so you think of all that he comes, and you think about how the light cuts through the darkness and all the different ways that it cuts through it. That it comes to bring joy and abundance. It comes to end war. That it comes to, to break the things that oppress us. That if, if you knew in your mind that all of this was going to be accomplished and it was going to be accomplished through a person, you would probably have a very specific image in your mind's eye. Probably imagine someone who's like a warrior. Probably imagine someone who walks into the room and they just have this magnetic personality. You probably have this picture in your mind of something that is very great. But that as God comes as light, he comes in the most unlikely of sources. Look at this. For unto us a child is born. To us a son is born is given. Only God could defeat darkness with a ch as a child. And what will this, this child be like? The government shall be upon his shoulder. His name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. But these are the titles that he will wear as a baby. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. That this is what it took. <clears throat> 
to cut through the darkness. And really what Jesus wants to, that's why he came. He came to bring light into the darkness. He came into that which was his own, and his own did not receive him. But to those who would, he gave him the right to become children of God. And the question for us to ask this morning is, have we let the light into our life? I was, as I was thinking about light, I started thinking about stars. And, um, and I was like, what is the star that's the farthest away from us that we can see? And you can tell that it was named by scientists because this is its name. It's a V762 Cass in Cassiopeia. Like if it was like an artist, it would have been named like brilliance or something like that, but it's a scientist, so it's just numbers and like three letters. But it's, it's 16,308 light years away. Just to get, kind of give you an image of what it looks like, this is an image, like a, a, a rendering here of the star. If you couldn't tell, we put a star next to it just so you can see. Um, it's not exactly what it is, but it's somewhat close to that. Um, but here's the, that's the star. That's the star that is furthest away from us that we can see with our, just our naked eye. But there are stars further. We just can't see them. And the reason why is because those stars, they can't cut through the darkness. Only this one can cut through the darkness. And it's, this one can, and it's the farthest one away that can, that, so we can see it. You know, as you think about Christmas and you think about light coming into the world, that Jesus came to cut through the darkness. And for, for all of us, like, there's an element where he came, but the question is, has he, has he pushed all the way through? That as you consider your life, as you consider your hope, like, has he pushed all the way through the darkness of your life and made it to your heart? That that's why he came was to offer you that. And for us, even as we think about this season and all that it entails, for me, my prayer this season is that light wouldn't just be like a metaphor that we keep coming back to, but really that, that light would be something that we long to be. That light would be something that we long to see. That we would want to see his light come into this world. And that we would let him use us to that end. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to pray. And I'm going to ask God to set his hand on us as we leave this place. That we would be able to leave this place in a way where his light will truly shine through us. And that would be what we long for. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we love you. God, we thank you for the light of the gospel. We thank you for the hope that is Jesus, that his light cuts through the darkness and I just pray for us this morning, I pray that, that his light would cut through the darkness of our lives and it would make it to our hearts. And for everyone in this room, I just pray, God, that they would evaluate where they stand. That they would add, I pray, God, that, that they would evaluate their life in such a way that they would ask, has the light made it to me? And if it hasn't, Jesus, I pray that they put their faith in you. I pray that they would put their hope in you.
I pray that they would trust in your light to save them, God. And then for all of us, our prayer is that you would let there be light, that your light would shine in a dark world and that it would shine through us. Jesus, we love you and we trust you and we long for your light. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to this message from New Life Church this morning. And if you'd like any more information, you can check us out at nlspringfield.com.